Virtual selling is a new reality for most sales teams and sales professionals. So the question is, what's working and what's not working in virtual selling? David Shaby of The Rain Group joins us today to talk about the current research he's done with buyers and sellers related to virtual selling. You are going to be fascinated by what they have discovered. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow revenue. This week, I've had the opportunity to work with several companies that are focused on the future. And as I lead revenue growth workshops, it's great to see the can-do attitude of management teams that are driving and thriving, focused on creating their future. I absolutely love the energy and the leadership. Do you have a plan that aligns marketing and sales to grow your revenue? More importantly, have you adjusted that plan for the current economic realities? The Revenue Growth Engine book provides a framework to accelerate revenue growth by aligning marketing and sales around your ideal clients. To get a link to the book along with a ton of helpful resources, simply text the word REVENUE to 21000. That's revenue to 21,000, and you'll get immediate access to resources to help you grow. Today, you're going to get a lot out of our conversation. We're joined by Dave Shaby, the author of the new book, Virtual Selling, How to Build Relationships, Differentiate, and Win Sales Remotely. Dave is a chief operating officer of the Rain Group, where he helps companies drive sales initiatives and create new revenue centers. At the onset of the COVID crisis, Dave and his team got to work quickly, surveying over 500 buyers about their virtual selling experiences. What he learned is fascinating, and in this conversation, we'll discuss the biggest gaps in virtual selling, along with what smart organizations are doing to close the gaps. We'll learn about what works well and what doesn't. So grab a pen and a notepad because you're going to get some ideas that will help you grow. We'll join our conversation with Dave after a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, Dave, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate being here and thanks for having me. Yeah, big time congratulations on the book, Virtual Selling. I've been a huge fan of the rain group and your work in insight selling. And so to have virtual selling come out was just so exciting to see that book now bringing all that thought and research into the, into the situation we find ourselves in today. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, we appreciate your, your fandom by the way for, for rain <laughs> and, uh, we hope we followed it up well with virtual selling. Um, we, we always lead with research, Daryl. So, so the idea that we needed to learn more about what was happening when the pandemic hit and people were forced to, to work remotely more so than they ever had. And of course, across 
you know, not, not only here, but everywhere. Um, we conducted research. We talked to about 528, exactly 528 buyers and sellers uh, and asked some critical questions about the things that were both driving buying decisions and also um, what sellers were perceived to be good at. And under virtual conditions, you know, we, we really recognized pretty early that sellers were not up to snuff from a buyer's perspective. Uh, when you add the pressure of the pandemic and everything that was going on and economic pressure, uh, we decided to try to do something about it and publish some work that might help some folks to upskill and, and get themselves prepared to be successful uh, in a new world. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, Dave. And one of the things I've always appreciated about the Rain Group is you take that research, uh, you start everything with research. It's not just ideas and go, it's actually do some research. And I noticed at the beginning of the book that that you guys observed three big seismic shifts happening in the world of selling right now. Unpack some of those from it for us, because I thought it was really an interesting blend of some of the stuff you'd expect in the virtual selling world and some stuff you may not have thought of. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, the idea is um, a, you know, value is always at the center of everything, right? So yeah, it has always been able to um, provide value um, for buyers and differentiate in that way. Um, and so buyers have always had, had that, um, you know, as, as, as a, a measuring stick for who they would work with. But, you know, the idea that seasoned sellers are now forced to think about an overnight shift in how they bring value to buyers. And, you know, think about it. Think about a seller who's, you know, one of the main values that they bring is that they can sit down with a, a, a seller, at, a buyer and, and drive poor and have meaningful conversations and relationships you know, the, the, the power has been taken out of the seller's hands, right? Um, yeah. The shift to virtual sellers now feel unempowered to be able to have those kinds of relationships. And then, you know, the idea that there's an economic downturn as well. So more pressure financially, less, um, you know, buyer intent perhaps. Uh, so, you know, the idea that we've got these things converging and really driving a seismic shift that, that you know, when all combined together, that feels powerless for, for a seller um, to be able to, to add value, to have those relationships to bear fruit, and then also with the economic pressure. It's really, it's, it's, it feels um, demoralizing. It, yeah, it's, it is a really challenging time. And I think what's interesting, I mean, I've always been on the value train, right? Sales reps need to be able to articulate business value. And now all of a sudden it's harder to articulate value in some ways. And it's also more important than ever to articulate value because budgets are tight in so many industries. Yeah. And, and it's also hard to differentiate when everything's sort of been flattened out. Right. So that, um, you know, Think about your buyer having been to hundreds and hundreds of web meetings and virtual meetings and everything is just starting to get fuzzy. You know, the, the charisma that you can bring, the value you can bring both real and perceived in terms of how you come across um, is a lot harder, right? And so during tough economic times, but also just the idea that you can't be in the room and seize the day, it's a lot more difficult for, for the seller. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious. So one of the things that obviously is a, a an initial um, 
issue inside any sales process is building rapport. And so now we don't have that. We're two dimensional. I love the way he, you know, all of a sudden we went from 3D to 2D. We're all all on screens now. What are some ways you're finding sales reps are able to build rapport now and inside this new environment that maybe they hadn't thought of before? Yeah, it's interesting because if you think about it at the highest level, rapport building for someone who's charismatic and who also has the time, you think about face-to-face selling and you you show up in an office and you walk the halls and you grab a coffee and you have a power lunch or whatever you might do, there's generous time usually involved to, to talk about non-sales things, right? place that you are, family, whatever it is that you might connect over that you have some common ground on. In, in, in a virtual world, that really doesn't exist, right? You start the meeting, you just go at it. And so the difference is for virtual sellers is that they have to be, A, good researchers, find out about your buyer, learn more about them, take in those clues, try to find something in common. Um, but also you've got to be deliberate when you start meetings when you engage people through email, you've got to be deliberate about um, rapport building, relationship building, finding empathy, finding common ground, finding ways to connect with people that would have otherwise been fairly easy in an organic way. Yeah, this is, I mean, this requires a lot of creativity and a lot of intentionality and probably, um, you know, for the sales professionals out there that have gotten by on winging it (laughs) up until now, that those days are kind of over, right? You really do have to do the research before the before the conversation because you're going to dive straight into it in so many so many circumstances. Yeah, I had I had a situation. I'll try to not make this a long story. Um, we were I, I was in a sales situation and we were showing up for our finalist presentation. I was talking to my colleague about what we should wear to the finalist presentation. We were sort of like, what do we think that these you know this team's going to be wearing? Because you always want to dress a little bit better, but you know, you don't want to be wearing the suit and tie and everybody's showing up in, in you know, T-shirts and jeans. So we speculated on that. We showed up at the meeting and, and lo and behold, one of the guys was wearing a, um, a basketball team sweatshirt. And so it was super casual, but it was also my big clue. I love sports. I can talk about it all day. And, and, and this guy and myself, we just hit it off talking about basketball. A couple of months later, we're in a virtual selling situation, and the background that the guy had who I was talking to was a baseball stadium. I recognized the stadium, and we had a baseball conversation. But it sort of dawned on me that his virtual background was a complete accident. I didn't know anything about him. I just happened to get lucky and build some rapport over something that I noticed. But, you know, it's, it's that example of the little cues that you get or you got in a live setting. You know, what, what would you do uh, virtually to pick up on the same kind of cues or, or find them online or to email somebody or ask a few questions to sort of prep for it? So it, it's incredibly important. Um, and it's also really hard to do unless you're deliberate about it. Yeah. And, you know, the other angle on this, too, that I think just going back to that value conversation is in the absence of being able to maybe do some of that rapport building we maybe need to lean into value a little more, you know, those consultative sales skills. I love how it's described um, in this book and in Insight Selling, educated me with new ideas and perspectives, collaborated with me, persuaded me that we would achieve results. Um, It seems to me like 
in the environment we're in right now, in the absence of, we can't really lean on rapport as much as we, it might've been a crutch to where we've, we've now really got to be able to, to dive in and articulate value by educating, collaborating, persuading in ways that, that maybe we didn't feel as much pressure to do before. Is that on track with what you were finding in the research? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, it's sort of both and more, right? You need the rapport, but, but the idea that you can play that consulting role, that insight role, and there's huge value in co-creation. And so when you find yourself in a virtual setting and you're having meetings, uh, even discover, you know, discovery calls, or as you sort of get into the mid-funnel, and you start talking about ways in which we could uncover opportunities or solve problems. The idea that you can co-create that and, and also develop an environment in a virtual setting for that actual process to feel different and exciting, whiteboarding, right? Using a sales opportunity planner. Like think about it. If you walked in in a live setting and you whipped out a sales opportunity planner and started looking down and taking notes, we kind of look JV and, you know, the, the buyer would, would say, well, can you look at me and can we have a conversation? But if you put something up on a whiteboard, if you're, you're in a, a web meeting together and a virtual meeting, together, and you pulled out the same exact sales opportunity planner and you had started filling it out, showcasing that you'd done some research and, and then start engaging the buyer, help me fill this out together. Let's, let, let's get a real plan together. That together part of it definitely builds trust and rapport. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nice way to engage and sort of get everything to happen at once. And, and actually, it can be more effective in a virtual setting than in a live setting in many respects because it gives you permission to do that. Yeah. In fact, it may, it may change the way we do some of our live meetings, right? At least we're moving around. What, what is cool about virtual, and we've always, you know, I've always believed we want to get on the same side of the table with our buyers. You know, so much buying is selling is adversarial, but when we get into the zoom room together or insert platform here, right? We're now, we can be on the same uh, side of the table because we're sharing the same screen where, you know, we're, we're able to collaborate. And I, I love that idea of rather than just slapping PowerPoints up there, let's, you know, let's get, let's get a virtual, a whiteboard going and let's, you know, let's start sharing some ideas that's brilliant in terms of collaboration. By the way, just hats off to the practical nature of the book um, because so much of it has, uh, you know, so much about value and consultative selling. But then there's parts of the book that are just like, hey, you're too close to the screen, dude. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and I mean, that's making right. it good, right? Making a great virtual background and a, a compelling online experience. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking, I literally just got an email before we uh, started talking today from a, um, a sales leader who bought the book for his sales team, 20 or so folks. And he said, I'm going to hook them with the idea that they really don't know how to show up online. They really don't know how to show up. They don't know how this medium works. So they're technically incapable. That's kind of the bait. But the reality is they've got to be good salespeople. Like once they figure out the tech, that's, that's I think, the, the, the sort of experience that a lot of people are having is, all right, they're, they're, they're sort of coming around to the technical part of it. They're learning how to use lighting. They're learning how to use Zoom properly. They're, you know, all, all of the mechanics will sort itself out. You concentrate, you work on it, you need to. 
But then what? Then what? There's a whole sales process that comes behind it. But yeah, the practical part, to your point, uh, people really appreciate that because it's it's not intuitive sometimes, right? You don't know, and, and you have to actually practice something new that feels a little bit sort of goofy, right? How, right, yeah. How does my face look with this lighting is not a sort of normal thing to talk about, but you know, you're on. So you got to figure it out. Well, I've, I'm just kind of laughing because I've, I've had a home office since 1997 and uh, I did, did a few brief stints back in, uh, in the corporate office world and I just function better in home office. But I've realized now I don't even call it a home office. I call it a home studio. Because in reality now, we're all on television all day long, right? We're performing camera and, and interacting. Um, and, and I think that practical part of the book was, was really good. I'm curious, though, as you looked at this and you were tackling this project, what the biggest surprises you found in terms of, you know, looking at this whole world through what we need to do to sell effectively virtually. What, what jumped out that you went, ah, I didn't expect that? Yeah, interestingly, in the in the in the research, the the gap, the thing that was the most different in terms of uh, seller skill and buyer influence was ROI case. And so, you know, the idea that making an ROI case is a huge deficit virtually. I think that's a deficit anyway idea of, you know, how do you produce that virtually? How do you literally showcase that in a virtual setting? And how do you do it, going back to my earlier point, how do you do it so it's case-making, so that it's done together, so it's not you saying, for example, well, I've been thinking about you guys, your sellers, uh, you know, if if you were selling sales training, your sellers are probably, you know, booking a million a year, and if they book 1.2, that's a 20% increase, you know, like, don't make it up. Co-create it, right? Co-create with your buyer. Um, but what was surprising to me was that that one popped as the, as the leading problem. But that one really is something that if, if sellers worked on the ability to not just present ROI, but case make together, that that would make a huge difference. Um, if sellers could do that, buyers would appreciate it the most. Yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. And I, I think all of this book, and, and this is what so impressed me about the book is, yes, it's about virtual selling, but it's actually about selling. And, and the virtual world just kind of turns the screws down a little bit on um, just realizing these fundamental core skills of selling, um, making the case for the ROI of establishing value, of being consultative in, in the process it's like the screws just got turned down a little bit. And I think it's a mix of the virtual interaction combined with just the pressure of the economy and the crisis and the, you know, all of that. I mean, it it really, I think we all have to up our games right now. And I think this book gives a great playbook for doing that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that that sort of turned the screws, the pressure of the whole thing, you also have the medium sort of getting in the way of the buyer's ability to follow the storyline. So if a salesperson's a good storyteller and they can articulate value and they can ask great questions, there's still Zoom fatigue. There's still, there's still engage, what we call engagement threshold issues, which is if you're presenting something and you use your old sales deck and your old sales deck had 10 slides and you have an hour 
and you're hanging in there with one slide and talking for 10 minutes, you've lost everybody, right? There's just the, the medium working against you if you don't know how to use it properly when it comes to um, the way that people consume information. So part of the practical, getting back to your point about practical, part of the practical stuff that we, we try to work on with, with folks is, you know, understand how the medium is consumed and how people react to information in this new, in this new setting, right? So people need something to change every three minutes, right? You've got, you've got 30 seconds to capture them and about three minutes to hold them, and then you better be moving slides, you better be changing visuals, you better be popping up a whiteboard, you know, there's, there's this sort of constant velocity you've got to create. So brilliant sales techniques will fail if we don't master the medium. So it's that combination of things um, along with the economic pressures and everything else that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny, you know, looking back, I mean, I did the B-School thing and I almost wish the uh, B-School I went to is broadcasting school, right? I mean, it's like the, the skill set now of being able to keep that motion, keep people engaged, present well um, online is, is a core skill set that I think is, is going to be a part of obviously our reality today, but really for years to come. Yeah. I mean, you've got a marketing background, right? So I do like from, from web development and engagement and, you know, you think about the studies and the heuristics that go on behind understanding how people react to pictures and words and place buttons and calls to action. We're sort of in that world in sales now, right? Which is we've got to um, understand how, how the reactive part of this works and use it to our advantage. Yeah, that's good. So I'm curious if, uh, as we wrap up, this is a fascinating conversation. I know everyone's going to want to get a copy of virtual selling. If you haven't got it already, we'll put a link in the show notes. But um, I'm curious as you look forward and and, uh, let's hypothetically say that, you know, poof, everything was gone. The crisis was over. The economy was back to rocking and rolling. Like we were able to hit the, all of a sudden we're back where we were six months ago, which is a bit of a fantasy, but I'm curious, like what's going to stick if that happened, you know, with that, if that magic happens, I don't know that we go back to the past, but the, you know, the, at least the, the face masks are done and we're able to go face to face with people and hang out again and, and have dinner and, you know, all of the things that were such a core part of the, the role of a sales professional. Um, what do you think goes forward from this season that's going to be really impactful for the future of selling? Yeah, first of all, I hope that happens, right? <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Every one of us. I just want to go to dinner. <laughs> right, is, is dying for that moment, right? Into a conference. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm going to so, never complain about a conference, at least I know, no me. kidding. Just give, give me a bad turkey sandwich in an airport right now. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So to the extent that, you know, now there's a new muscle we have been able to exercise and perhaps companies will look at the, the case of, well, if we can do both, this is, mm-hmm. right? So we could save on travel, we could save on uh, time wasted in, in logistics and moving around. You know, you could really do a lot uh, from a home office if you've got the, the right um, skill set and equipment and you've got a willing buyer audience that's now used to this. So I think, you know, it's not going to go away. I, I, I'm, I'm no profit, right? So who knows, but I would right. have, because it makes business sense to have this um, be a part of selling. Um, and by the way, it was always a part of selling and there's always been demos and there's always been, you know, yeah. always the last 20 years or so, 
Like this is not a new idea. It's the fact that everyone's doing it all at once under duress, but just to the extent that it normalizes and it becomes something that is appreciated and skillful and additive from a consulting and a selling standpoint, you know, I think people ought to be prepared for that. And there are buyers who would um, probably prefer it. And there are, you know, to me, it's what the buyer wants. And, and to the extent that you can add value um, on a Zoom call because you're really good at co-creation using a whiteboard, who wouldn't want to do that in the future if it works? So I, yeah. that's where it lands. Yeah, I think that's so strong. And I mean, I've, I've said for years, I, I've spent a lot of my time in channels where and I think this is most salespeople go, I want, no, they really want me in their office. They really want me face to face. Like, no, they really don't. <laughs> Not for every <laughs> single meeting. They really don't. It's a hassle for them to have you in their office. And, you know, and, and certainly we want a balance of that. You, like you, I crave the, you know, dry turkey sandwich in the airport and, and the cold, you know, hors d'oeuvre at a, at a networking event. But, um, you know, the reality is all along, I think a lot of sales professionals that, just felt like they had to be face to face. They don't have to be. The clients don't want it. You can cover more ground. And I love the twist on collaboration over Zoom. If you do it the right way, maybe even better than face to face in certain stages and aspects of the sales cycle and the client journey. So I love that. Um, really, really interesting. Well, hey, man, I, I am so thankful for the work that you're doing at Rain Group. I said at the beginning, I just have this deep respect uh, for the research you bring to the table and also the value focus you have on on bringing insights to your clients, all of it. I just want to say, Dave, thank you. And man, keep up the good work. You guys are crushing it. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, thankful for the opportunity to be with, on with you today. And I uh, hope we can help some folks out there who've learned a little bit today. Fantastic. Well, that's been great. Thank you, Dave. And thank you, everybody um, in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. So I just deeply appreciate the conversations I get to have throughout the week with organizations and professionals that are dedicated to looking to the future, that are driving and thriving to make sure that we're creating a world that is going to be profitable, that is going to be, um, we're building right now skill sets. I think we're building muscle right now that is going to carry us into the future. And so I know it's hard work, but for all of you who are out there driving and thriving right now, I just want to say, keep going. You're doing great work. Keep at it. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.